What's going on, you guys? This is Zachary Allen of the Zoes Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, follow, comment, and share to your friends and family. And enjoy the show, folks. Take care. Right, all right, all right. This is your, this is your host for Zoe's podcast, Zachary Allen, and I am back with my managing editor for Space City Coop, Anthony Duckett. He's also also on what is, is it? Uh, clutch. Uh, what's the podcast? Clutch of the, clutch of the control room. We have Clutch of the control room as well. You, you can probably hear him on his Twitter. Of course, he tweets a lot. Uh, he gets a lot of retweets. He's very famous. I'm just, I'm surprised you don't have a, a blue check just yet. Hey. <laughs> Uh, surprising. Uh, I'm I'm waiting to see if that blue check does happen. You do you think it would happen, Anthony? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, that would be nice, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I look at your tweets, and I'm like, dude has like a dude has dude has like Shannon Sharp tweets and like oh no, like not that level. tweets for like a hundred a hundred likes, and it's, no, it's not at that level. <laughs> it's pretty interesting to see that. It's pretty interesting to see that. So, uh, Anthony, you know, you're pretty, you know, you're pretty um, well into the Rockets basketball, just like I am, if not more. Um, we do. We, we will cover Mike and Tony. That's the first thing I want to talk about. And uh, as you've seen, and we'll, and we'll actually go on to the coaching situation and James Harden for Giannis as Max Kellerman once, which we don't agree. And I agree with Stephen A. Smith. Um, and we'll also get into his his his, his dribbling affection. But he does love dribbling the basketball a lot. James Harden does. So let's get down to this part. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, my man. So he was set up to go to Philly, of course, until Doc Rivers took that job. And now Indy, it was also speculations of Indiana during outside the bubble if they if they won or lost throughout the series. And so as they lost, you know, this mantle by the Los Angeles Lakers in a five-game series by LeBron and AD. Um, he was set up to go to what like I said, Philly or Indiana, which Indiana was probably the second choice. I don't think I didn't think he wanted to go to Indiana. Philly was the Philly, Philly was the main goal for Mike D'Antoni. But since both yeah. jobs are now covered, um, a coaching a coaching assistant for Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors has took the job in Indiana. What yeah. is Mike D'Antoni's future now? I mean, it seems like he uh, it seems like it may have been a bad move for him to leave the Rockets, especially on both parties. I mean, the Rockets still don't have a coach. And he didn't get a head coaching job. Um, but what, what it looks like is that he's going to join the Brooklyn Nets staff as an assistant coach. So that will be a major step back from, you know, being a head coach, coach of the year, to now being an assistant on Steve Nash's staff, first time ever head coach. What the hell? I didn't know that. <laughs> what is, yeah. Where did you find this out? <laughs> yeah, they, so that that's kind of gone, gone viral the last couple of days. But um, – it, it, it looks like it looks like they're they're ironing out terms, but uh, I mean that probably is his best bet because, the, like I said, the only other coaching jobs right now are OKC and the Rockets. Obviously, he left the Rockets, and OKC is not going to hire an older guy like him. They want to rebuild, you know. They want a younger guy, so 
I mean, if he's on coach this year, it will have to be in an assistant role. Oh, yeah, it will be. And I, I told myself that I said, whoever gets Mike D'Antoni as an office coordinator in an assistant role, that's going to be a dangerous offense. And now you're putting with Karis LeVert, Kyrie Irving, and, you know, of course, Kevin Durant. And yeah. Spencer Dillwilly, uh, and, and that explosive offense, I mean, he can, he's going he's gonna to drop so many plays for that offense and create so many opportunities, definitely for Kevin Durant. I mean, I mean, Kevin Durant, he is an option. I mean, he can create his own, you know, his yeah. own space, but of course Kyrie, but you, you add a guy like Mike and Tony onto that staff. Like they just, they just put on, they just got a Mario Sotomayor. I don't know his role just yet. Maybe defensively. I have no idea, but yeah, when you got it. You can get it. You, when you get a guy like Mike and Tony, I mean, and then, and of course, if you could play defense, I mean, he, I mean, they, they, right. they did say Kevin Durant will be playing center. But uh, when you add a guy like Mike Antonio to that staff, man, it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, I, I agree. I think he's the best offensive coach ever, if, if not all time. Because, I mean, you see what he did with the Rockets and then, of course, with the, uh, with the Phoenix Suns. You know, he created yeah. – I want to say – I think he had small ball in Phoenix, of course. He did it in Houston. And he still had a high-scoring offense, if not top five, all the time. Really top yeah. eight. But – Mike yeah. Dantoni is incredible. I think he's he's an incredible coach when it comes to offense. Now I don't. Now I don't. What I what I don't agree with you is that he should be here in Houston. I think him leaving Houston was probably for the best. I don't definitely for James. I, I mean that relationship was kind of platonic in a way. Uh, it was very very uh, unusual because James would get his way. I think that's what they want in Houston. They wanted a coach that James can still get his way and still have his say so inside the organization how the how the office should look and you know what the things are what the what things he's looking at and that hasn't brought us, that has not brought the Houston Rockets a championship just yet so yeah. i think that you know getting rid of Dan Tony or Dan Tony stepping down you know helps see the future at a much uh, at a much brighter you know brighter rate i know for a fact that we haven't found a coach just yet you know, you we're waiting for Steven Simmons to come in, but oh, yeah. so tell me why do you think you know Mike and Tony should have stayed in Houston? Well, I mean, the reason why I say that is because you know, especially now the Rockets have you know they're they're going through a major change, a major restart. You know, you don't have Daryl Morey anymore. You're gonna be locked into the same roster. You don't really have any you know cap space. You can't really go sign major players unless they use a mid-level which they haven't they have never done that you know, especially not recently you know unless you're going to trade a player like Gordon or Tucker you're really not you're really kind of stuck with this team and you know Dan Tony has shown to be fairly successful with this core I mean last season they were the fourth seed and that was really kind of to me that that was actually a pretty good finish because you had you had Russ who really didn't fit what you were doing. And then on top of that, you know, you changed the strategy like mid season, which most of the time, a, a, such a drastic change like that happens in an off season. So the team has time to gel, get used to playing with, with one another. But despite all that, I mean, they, they still, I mean, second round exit, you know, that's not anything to be happy about per se, but you got beat by the champs, you know, the eventual champions. Now, like you said, losing in five games is, is really, you know, that's like a gentleman sweep you know, we will call it. Um, but, I mean, the reason why I say that it seemed like it might have been the best bet to stay here is because the, Rock the Rockets have lost out on quality coaching options. Uh, it's like, like you said, Steven Silas, to me, would be the best bet. But 
I mean, we hear reports that they're leaning towards Van Gundy or leaning towards, you know, Lucas. I mean, to me, if they hire Lucas, you're hiring one of the, uh, Dan Tony's assistants. I mean, why did you let Dan Tony go? Well, I mean, they, they let him go. He, he chose to leave, but, but still. Yeah, I think, you know, Mike D'Antonio left, you know, I tell you, we said all the time in our articles because of Tim and Fertitta, uh, not because of Maury. I think that, you know, Fertitta didn't see, you know, the the confidence. He didn't have, well, he didn't have confidence inside of uh, D'Antonio because of the playoff exits in the last, what, the last previous three years as he was, as the owner. Um, you know, definitely, I think a couple of years ago, if not a year ago, my fault, that we were, uh, it was a back and forth thing going on against Golden State versus Houston. And Kevin Rent goes down. Now, we're supposed to finish the game and, of course, you know, finish off in Houston, but we don't. And, you know, go and say we're in six games. That's, I, I want to say, well, it's kind of embarrassing, but in a way that that Rockets team was a much better team without Kevin Durant. And I always said it previously before that if you have a guy, if you, like, without Kevin Durant and you add a Chris Pod with, with a James Harden, we're a better team. Then they go and stay Warriors team. They're not. They're, they're nowhere. They're nowhere near better than us because we've upgraded our team over the last what, two or three years, and we can beat this Warriors team without Kevin Durant. And then we and then we almost did it uh, a, a year ago. I mean, uh, my fault. Uh, two years ago. Yeah. And Chris seven Martin. games. Yeah, the hamstrings. So seventy. I mean, I mean, besides that season, Mike D'Antoni can never you know live up to that season. The last two previous seasons, even though he actually still did a you know a decent or a good job. Would yeah. you think? Um, I mean, he did have Russell. I mean, Russell Westbrook did not fit inside the Rocket system for like the first, what, two, three months. And yeah. I think between, what, January and February, that's when Russell started waking up. And yeah, he, he became, out. Yeah, he became, he became the best player on uh, on that Rockets team. And that made us, that made the James Harden, Russell Westbrook, the highest scoring duo inside the NBA, if not, if not all time, right? Was it all time or was it just for that season? Yeah, no, it was all time. All time. Oh so, wait, no. So, so they're they're the second highest scoring duo of all time. So, oh, since they're scoring all time, okay. Well, second scoring uh, highest during duo of all time, which is which is which is which is commended. I mean, I like that, but uh, I think you know you need a guy. I mean, Mike and Tony, we both know he's a really nice guy. I just don't think his mental mind frame is the right. Uh, I don't think his mental mind frame is what the Rockets need when you have two assholes like Russell Westbrook and James Harden. You, yeah. you know, you, you need a pit bull, you know. So, Jim Van Gunny is a pit bull. I don't know about Stephen Silas, if he is a pit bull or not. He he looks like a nice guy, but I think he ha- I think he has, like, a little bit of pit inside of him. But you don't have that in Antonio. Antonio is more like a labradoodle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's actually a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you really, you really, you need a pit bull. You don't need a, a inside of inside of a doghouse. You need a pit bull that's very bossy, if not a German Shepherd. You don't want a, a Labradoodle or a Schnauzer or a wiener <laughs> dog. You don't, need, you don't need none. Of, you don't need none of those dogs. You need, you need a nice dog. You know, you, know, you need a mean dog inside that house. But. Mike and Tony's future, of course, will be with the Brooklyn Nets, which you, which could possibly happen. Um, funny, uh, funny, uh, funny point here. Do you think that if Steve Nash does not succeed with the Brooklyn Nets, do you think Mike and Tony will take that head coaching job? I mean, you know, that's possible. I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, uh, in the uh, East. 
Yeah, and especially if they make him the lead assistant, you know, that that's something that, that would make sense, when, you know, because he would be the first person up, you know, behind Nash. So so I, I could see that. I, I like Jock Vaughn, too. Jock Vaughn did. I thought he did some pretty good things with the Nets. Um, this is, I mean, especially this season, you know, without really, really without Kyrie, without KD, you know, without all of their uh, main guys. So, uh, to me, Jock Vaughn did a really solid job too, but, but yeah, I mean, it, that's something that would not surprise me at all. If, if it doesn't work out with Nash, you know, if they were to make Dan Tony the head coach. I tell you this, when they, uh, I'm telling you right now, the Brooklyn, what I'm telling you right now, I think the Brooklyn Nets, uh, GM will be the scapegoat if Steve Nash does not work out, and you never know. Darren Morgan, they did say he always wanted to come east, uh, confirmed from Tim Fertitta. So, you know, don't be shocked if you know if Darren Mori goes to the Brooklyn Nets and then hires Mike D'Antonio to be the next head coach. And yeah. there you go, <laughs> another, Houston, <laughs> another Houston situation in Brooklyn. And it won't surprise me at all if they win a championship in Brooklyn, which is a Houston thing. Every time a player or a coach leaves any Houston team, they go off and they win a championship. So it, yeah. it happens all the time. I've seen it with Berkman. I've seen it with almost with T-Mac when he played with the Spurs. Batty, of course, has two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry has one now. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. our situation. Uh, but uh, we, we can transition now to, of course, do you think James Harden has a dribbling infection? So I, I know that. Um, oh, another thing, who, is, who, who, who else does he remind you of in Houston? Uh, of course, at the point guard position, who dribbles the ball a lot? Uh, I mean, James Harden, he, he definitely dribbles a lot, but I think it's because he has the ball in his hands so much. I mean, the offenses have really been built around him. Now, I do think that, um, I mean, so to me, it's an interesting point because, you know, he, he's still like top 10 in assists, like pretty much each season, you know, but that's because he, he, he draws so much attention, you know, it's multiple defenders double teams, triple teams, half court now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he's going to still get his assists, but he, he, he is, he's definitely ball dominant. I mean, th there's no doubt about that. You know, his turnovers have been really high pretty much every year. He's like mm -hmm. top two in turnovers. Um, but, uh, but I mean, that's going to stop because, you know, with defense is basically forcing him to get, get rid of the ball. Quicker. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to stop. You know, it, it stopped a lot last season, I, I think. What about you? What, what do you think? What do I think? He reminds me of Steve Francis. <laughs> 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 but a better, like, at the point guard position. I mean, he's better, of course, way better. I know he's, you know, he's a Hall of Fame player. Steve isn't, I mean, in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, but James Harden, he loves dribbling the ball. I mean, he loves making it look pretty and fancy. I think he dribbles the ball way too much. I think he had. I think he actually loses his defender with his first two, three dribbles, and then you know brings him right back again. It's basically he's, he's torturing him. Oh my! Okay, I crossed you once. Will I go? Nope. I was pull up maybe. And it's like he's like. It's like what are you gonna do with the ball? Like it's like it's like a it's like it's like it's like a climax when you see him dribbling the ball. Like what is he gonna do with it? It's like he watched yeah. him dribble for like the first five minutes. And is he going to shoot or, you know, lay the ball up? Right. And and, and they can cause a lot of turnovers. I think if James Harden was – I think you, I, you, I've actually seen a lot of improvement over the last, what, two, three years of him dribbling the ball a lot. 
of him just having a quick having having a quicker mindset because he's much quicker with it. You know, he's he has a quicker uh, mind frame because he. I mean, I mean, my fault. A quicker timer because he knows if I if I don't get rid of the ball real quickly, I'm gonna get double teamed. And of course, yeah. I can get one of my teammates wide open. And I don't want to say it. I think that honestly, in my opinion, his dribbling affection they kind of hurt uh, Chris Paul's. I wouldn't say. It kind of yeah. it, it kind of hurt Chris Paul last year because he averaged 15 points a game. When you're so cold, watching this man dribble for like a lot, watching this man dribble like for the first 30 minutes and not passing you the ball, of course you're gonna be cold. So it's hard for you to make shots. You you have to be warmed up to take those shots. And if he if he's taking all the shots and dribbling and, and, and dribbling shot clock all the way down, I mean, and, and pass to me, I haven't I haven't had the rock with five 10 minutes or if not in that possession and I get it late. I'm, I'm possibly not going to make the shot. But if you get to me early where you're actually moving the offense around, when Chris Paul was – there's a huge difference, of course, when Russell Westbrook was running the offense and, of course, Chris Paul was running the offense. When they come in the offense, everybody's touching the ball. Everybody's touching the ball. And James Harden has eventually learned that inside the bubble and, of course, towards the end of the, towards the, end of the furlough of the season. He's learned that by just – if I move the ball around, all my teammates get more – Activate, even though he has what eight, ten assists a game, and just just by pitching into the corner or throwing a lob to Capello or Covington yeah. or Green Westbrook, I mean, he has to learn how to. He has learned that if I dribble the ball way too much, my teammates are cold, and I can damage, I can damage our offense. And if I and if I hold the ball down all the way to the shot clock. I can miss a, I can miss a good shot opportunity because I dribble the ball all the way down to the uh that that down to one second when I when I when I can find a, a better shot within ten seconds, and he he he's he's learning inside the bubble that if I get the ball out of my hand with fifteen seconds, some some good good things can happen, and they had it and and they haven't happened, but. In the previous years, when you see James dribbling on the one second, he has he has to be forced to, to, to throw up a hard shot. It hurts it, it it hurts the offense. So when you have a a guy like Chris, you have a guy like Russell, you gotta you gotta you gotta, he has to come to your mind and say, look, I got these guys on the court, I gotta make sure they touch the ball. I can't just dribble the ball down all the way to one second because I'm hurting them. And I think that's what Chris Paul last year. You know, that's why he averaged 15 points a game because you know James he was he was cold a lot. But he 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 actually dry he he actually thrived when James was on the bench because running the offense and get, getting the ball around to different teammates it helped them thrive because they're because they're scoring now I can score and get my own buckets it it didn't take them twenty years to to to, to, to take a shot but uh, yeah he does dribble the ball a lot and that does he has hurt a couple of relationships like Dwight Howard Chris I don't want to say rest per, per se but um, you know. He has to be quicker with it, you know, quicker with his decisions when it when it comes to dribbling the basketball. That's what I gotta say about that point. So, any any add to that, my man? <laughs> no, I mean, so so the the thing about Chris Paul though was, you know, his first year here, it, it worked. I mean, his first year here, he played great. The Rockets yeah, that that was that that was their year to win a title, man. You know, and, and the thing is, year. and the thing is, the title window was so short. You know, in the NBA especially. And, you know, we, we thought we thought that we were going to be able to just get back to, you know, the same same place the next season, last season. But, you know, in the very beginning of the season, we were 11 and 14 initially. We had a lot of injuries. You know, obviously we didn't bring back Ariza, which, you know, his defense, not having his defense actually hurt, you know. Um, but last season, I mean, Chris Paul, Chris Paul looked like he couldn't even get past his defender, you know. I feel like I feel like I don't know that I would put all that on Harden. I mean, the, now that 
Harden's dribbling definitely probably played into their relationship going back, you know, that yeah. year. But, but uh, I mean, but Chris Paul really, I mean, it's crazy how great he looked this season. I know he, he changed his diet. They say he went vegan, you know, slimmed down, got in better shape. Lost a lot of you weight. Know. Yeah, I mean, and that's that was noticeable because, like I said, his second year here, he could not even get past his defender. He couldn't. I think because – I think when you get to about his age, around you know, around between thirty-two and thirty-five, you start. Yeah, you can see with James Harden, he's he, he's gained some weight, but it's like muscle. Yeah. So over the years of James Harden, the evolution of him is the fact that he was skinny. Then you know, over, you know, between thirty or thirty and thirty-one now, he's actually gained some weight, but it's muscle. He's he's big up top. Like he looks like he bench pressed like what two fifty, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But what Chris probably what Chris is what Chris's biggest problem was, I think he didn't eat that well or he didn't take care of his body like he said he did but you can see him working out but as he as he went to okc he shredded us because of the weight he lost the vegan the vegan process that he included inside of his of his weight loss as well and he worked out better you know so when yeah. you and you know if you work out more you know the less injuries you do have so, right. and which which was crazy, and watching him ball out against us, I'm like, where the hell was this last season? Exactly. So, <laughs> where the hell was this last season when you could have been doing this with us? And you and he was never injured the whole entire season. While Russ was going through injuries in what January and December, right. and of course, you know, somewhat I would say February because we didn't finish that part. Oh no, it was February. No, February of course, and then March is shut down. I'm sorry, we shut down in March, but yeah. I just think that, you know, he, he uh, you know, he succeeded. So, but hopefully, you know, James Harden does shot, shot on the dribbling, I think. But here's where we can transition to another topic, of course. So as we transition to the Giannis and James Harden topic, would you trade James for Giannis? No. Man, that was so crazy for Max uh, to propose that trade. I would not do that trade at all. I don't even know why he even suggested that. A couple of things there. First of all, Giannis is entering the last year of his contract. So if the Rockets, let's say they made that trade, which they're not going to do. Let's say they made that trade. They will lose him in free agency, whereas at least Harden has at least two more years before the player option. So for one, you would have more time with Harden than you would with Giannis. For two, uh, someone else pointed out, uh, Britt, Britt Robista, um, uh, Britt Wilbert, she pointed out, you know, Giannis is 25, you know, the Rockets are a much older team, you know, Harden in 30, you know, Russ, you know, 31, 32, uh, Covington 20, you know, I think it's 29, you know, PJ Tucker 36, you know, the Rockets are a much older team, you know, their window is, does not fit, you know, Giannis. Uh, on top of that, you know, I think that Giannis, I'm not really sure that Giannis and Russ, I'm not sure you need to have both Giannis and Russ because, I mean, they have different games, but, you know, neither one of those guys are shooters. So it doesn't really make sense to surround Russ with Giannis when, you know, Russ thrives with being able to attack and kick. Drive and kick. If Giannis can't shoot, I mean, what I mean, what would be the purpose of having both of them on, on the same team? You know, so – and I, I get it. You know, it's, it's the offseason, so it's fun to propose, you know, trades and the trade machine and all of that. But this is one where I don't know what Max was even thinking. Well, honestly, I would keep James. I wouldn't trade I, – I, like I said before, I'm, I'm trading James Harding. I will wait till next year because 
after that have year, he'll he'll have one year left to you know to exercise his, to exercise his option, of course, and, yeah. and leave Houston. So why not trade him next year before he actually get exercised the option and get something back from him? So, so why not keep him one more season, keep Russ for one more season, and see where it goes? You know, me, I was a big after after I ain't gonna lie after the you know after after the gentleman sweep, I was all in for Russell Westbrook to get traded to another team, and and finding out more pieces. I mean, I was a big fan of Russ in, in January and February and part of March because the things he was doing and helping his team win and, you know, and, and putting up nice numbers. He was taking what three attempts from, from three, probably making one or three every almost every game. He was slashing more to the hole. He was becoming the best office remember, for us because we didn't have a, a true big man just at that time. You know, he was what, getting, what, 40, 50 points every now and then. I mean, Russ was unbelievable. But then there's times where – he slacked off in the playoffs, and we can see where we still needed Chris Paul as a shooter because he couldn't he couldn't make the shots Chris could make. And imagine if Chris was playing instead of Russ. So why not, I, I can see us trading Russ, and I don't know. We can uh, see everyone do James for Joe and B. Why not Why not Russ for uh, Joe and B? But if you do that, why would you put Russ, Why would you put Russ and Ben on the same team when they both can never shoot the ball? I mean, I mean Russ. Yeah. So. And they don't really have any true shooters on the team like that besides uh, McDonald, I think. Um, but in, 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 that, in, in that opinion, I think, you know, keeping James on the Rockets for one more year is not a bad idea. He is Houston. I mean, he, 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 does, put, he, he does put people in the seats, of course, because, uh, but because of his iconic dribbling. He does – because of his dribbling affection. Because he does step back threes. James Harden is the Rockets. And I just think he needs a stronger, he, he needs a more strong-minded coach to help him succeed and, and get that goal, which is add a championship to his resume, which every great player needs. And I'm, I'm just so damn tired of people saying that he's like, James Hart is not better than Steph Curry when he is better than Steph Curry. So yes, he definitely is. I, I, I like, I argue it all the, I argue it all the damn time, man. Like all the damn time. But uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think we should keep James here and look to trade yeah. Eric Gordon. Now, Eric Gordon, what do you think the Rockets can get for Eric Gordon? A guy like Eric Gordon. Like, I think you can, like we both said, my, I think we both agree on Miles Turner. We can get a Miles Turner for sure. And if you yeah. add a Miles Turner to our roster, we, we, we get, we are, nice. and then you have Russ, you have, you have Russ, then you have Harden to two, then you have, uh, PJ covering at three and four. You have Miles Turner. We can actually say we're competing for another championship. If you if you bring in a guy like Miles Turner, it's just a bench I'm worried about. What what other piece can we get for Miles Turner? With with I mean with Miles Turner, my fault. Yeah, I mean, so so uh, the the first part, you know, trading Eric Gordon. I mean, his he's he's he got 16 million, I think, salary. So, you know, that outgoing salary would help us bring in a major piece like Miles Turner. You know. Um, but again, we would need to, we would need to definitely shore up the bench. Um, or make, you know, there, there is also possible that the, the Rockets bench is actually better than Mike D'Antoni put to use. We know D'Antoni always only kept like six players in his rotation, you know, uh-huh. um, seven, really seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, but you, but you do bring back, you bring him back, um, McLemore, McLemore had a really good season you know 40 percent from three yeah. you know that that's not that'd be nice um i i don't think they're gonna play clemens much uh unless unless the, whoever the new guy is you know if it's lucas and i, I could see lucas playing clemens a lot because lucas was a developmental coach you know um 
But, you know, really, aside from, aside from those two, you know, you're going to need to get some more depth. You know, the Lakers won a title this season. They had a lot of depth, especially on the bench. You know, they rolled out Rondo off the bench. Caruso stepped up big for them. You know, they had Dwight, you know, off the bench. You know, uh, so you have to have a bench, you know, which, you know, is what, what you pointed out. But with the situation financially, they're going to have to sign some uh, – they, they, they can use a mid-level exception of $5.7 million. And they could bring in, you know, a legitimate piece with that, but they have they have not spent that mid level exception at all. So, you know, it, it would be the first time if they did it. But aside from that, you know, the best bet is to bring in guys on a veterans minimum. You know, guys who can come in for cheap. Uh, I do think that without Maury, you know, making those decisions, that could be tough because in the past, Maury has been excellent with that with that veterans minimum, bringing in guys like Jeff Green, bringing in guys like. You know, I know Damari Carroll didn't play, but Damari Carroll, you know, um, Maury has, has brought in guys on the minimum. So that's what you really – your best bet to, as far as adding depth on the bench. We'll see if the new GM, Raphael Stone, is ready for that. Can he do that? You know, can he find the same value or not? But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to add some bench depth because that's really where championships are won. Yeah, that bench debt uh, is what we need. I think I think that's what hurt the Rockets the most inside the playoffs this year, not having bench debt. I mean, we did have a guy like Eric Gordon. No, Eric Gordon started. I mean, Daniel House is probably our best bench player. But I think if you like a trade like a Daniel House, uh, man, wait, hold up, man, <laughs> hold up. We can say we're gonna come back at Daniel House, of course, because I want to ask you about that video you saw. What, what was your thoughts about that video? Hold, hold up. I think if you trade like a guy like Daniel House and Eric Gordon, probably a Ben McElmore, you can actually send him off for Miles Turner and get like another piece back. Now, it probably, it probably won't be a, a, a Malcolm Brogdon. I say right, Malcolm Brogan, or is it what is it, Malcolm Brogdon and Malcolm Brogan? Brogdon, yeah. Brogdon. So if you if you get like a guy like Malcolm Brogdon to come in, or, which is which is impossible, but with with that deal, maybe like a holiday. Hopefully, one of a holiday. One of you get one of holiday brothers. He had it. He actually played. Really, uh, he actually played really great for the Indiana Pacers. Holiday. I liked him. Inside the bubble. He, he was pretty good. He shredded yeah. the Rockets in one game. Uh, maybe you can get like a Miles Turner on a holiday for Eric Gordon. I mean, you kind of get that scoring back from Holiday a little bit because he's younger, and he's you know he's he's younger. He can score the ball pretty good. He's a pretty good point guard, I think, in a way. And then you got a guy like Miles Turner who can actually who shot what thirty what six thirty seven percent last year from three, which is pretty impressive. You get you get you 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 get that speed down the court and you get the and you get that range for uh, for a big man as well. So he fits our offense tremendously, like Trump would say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> tremendously, <laughs> tremendously. Remember that tremendously. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I mean, what do you th- what are your thoughts? Do you think Daniel House st- should stay in Houston? And do you and what do you think about that video he put out? Well, the video he put out is really I mean, <laughs> a lot of people are saying they're worried about him. You know, you know, is he okay? I mean, to me, he, he was. It seemed like he was definitely on something <laughs> in yes. that video. <laughs> But but he did at the end. Yeah, yeah, like Stephen A. says. (laughs) (laughs) But but he did at the end of the video. He did say, you know, let me quit playing. And then I know that he commented, you know, about you know he was happy about his hair. So people are like, oh, I'm so worried about him. I hope he's okay. 
you know, but in that video, he said he was playing around. He said he was excited about his hair. So whatever, whatever that is, whatever that's about, I don't know. But as far as whether they should keep him or not, that's a really tough call to me. I'm going back and forth on this because, for one, they, you know, he's a very valuable piece at a low salary. They signed him to like three million a year, which is almost like a minimum deal, you know, for a guy that's, you know, 26, 27. You know, six, seven long can shoot and defend. I mean, that's a great contract, you know, and he's under contract for three years. Well, two more years now, long term. So that's great value. Now, the situation in the bubble, obviously, that that's, you know, that would be the reason why I think they would get rid of him because, awesome. you know, many believe. Yeah, because, you know, many believe that that uh, that not having him. I mean, not having him would have made a difference against the Lakers, whether we would have beat them with him or not. I don't, I don't know about that. But, I mean, he would have definitely made a difference. You know, it's no coincidence sure. that his first game out, LeBron went off of like 36 or something like that, you know, his first game out, you know. But if he lied to the Rockets, they said that he said he didn't do anything. But the NBA obviously determined he did because they suspended him. You know, they pretty much suspended him before the investigation results were even announced. So – I mean, the NBA determined that they had enough there to prove that he did. So if he lied to the Rockets, you know, to me that that's a that will be a tough a tough decision. It, but if he lied to the Rockets, then they got to trade him. I think. But somebody at the same knows time, the truth. Yeah, somebody knows. Somebody knows. Somebody knows the truth. I mean, I've heard different stories around Houston. Um, you know, people say he was covering up for James Harden, but um, that's something we'll never know about. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I've heard about that, man. But um, Anthony, I think we talked about everything on the podcast. I know it's early in the morning. We both want to get our day started. I have to go shopping around Houston for a townhome because this apartment oh, okay. is cool, but I need a townhome. Uh, I got a nice <laughs> breakfast too, of course. Okay. Uh, and, I know, and I know you're busy with, uh, you know, with Space City Coop. So it was great oh, yeah. having you on, my friend. And um, guys, y'all will hear more from Anthony throughout the season. Because uh, we both love the Rockets, we both cover the Rockets, of course, and we're both on the Zoom calls when they let us on there, which is hopefully all the time. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, Anthony, it was a pleasure. It was fun. Thank you, my man. Likewise, I appreciate it, man. Look forward to doing more of these. Uh, please, please, I will definitely have you on. All right. All right. Take care, my man. Oh, you too. <laughs>